Welcome back to the DKH2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, and we've got some Pitt football to talk about. So, of course, Pitt didn't play this weekend, which means for the first time in a month, we didn't have to watch them lose on a Saturday. But there's still a lot to talk about. Now, the bye week kind of went through very quietly. No big announcements, no major moves, nothing like that. But Pat Narduzzi did speak on Friday, and I wrote a piece for that on DKPittsburghSports.com. Of course, you can read that. Anybody can read that um, at any point in time. But when you look at what Pat Narduzzi said, it leads to the point that my article was making, and it was going to make, even if he didn't speak on Friday. But he didn't exactly help his case. Now, of course, the team on a four-game losing streak after starting the season 3-0. They're 0-4, 3-4 overall, um, 2-4 in the ACC. And what started as a promising season has now gone awry. And the point that I made, and I also said this on 93.7 The Fan with uh, former Pitt Panther Doran Dickerson running the show, um, thank, big thanks to having for him having me on his show. I said this to him on Saturday. You know, uh, there's too many fires right now for Pitt to to pit, for Pitt to try to put out. There are too many problems, and they have stemmed across weeks, months now, even. What I mean by that is, normally, when you look at a football team and you look at a football team that has talent, and you say, okay. You can isolate where a team has problems. And you can say, how can we mitigate these problems? Like, perfect example. You look at an NFL team like the Ravens. They don't have the receivers that are playmakers outside the numbers for Lamar Jackson. So what do they do? They let Lamar run it. They, they split the, hand, the handoffs in the backfield. They throw it to their tight ends. They try to get it over the middle. They find a way to mitigate that problem. Now, granted, that's the pros. It's still a different story. But when you're at any level of football and you have something that you are good at, you need to find a way to balance things out. But the problem is for Pitt is that there are too many bad things for them right now to balance any of it out. And that's the scary part about them moving forward is that, honestly, we could be looking at a lot of these problems recurring until we see new blood shot into the program and we get some more talent. Now, there's plenty of talent on the roster. I mean, Patrick Jones and uh, leads the country in sacks and him and Rashad Weaver are two bad dudes off the edge. And Servakia Dennis, I really think that he's one of the better young players on this team. When we have, I've talked a lot about Jordan Addison, the wide receiver they've got. They've got young talent that they can keep around for a few more years and be productive. But when you look at the fact that from week two on, we were all looking at each other thinking this offensive line is suspect. We're not sure if they can get this done in a big game. And then they haven't gotten it done in a big game because in the past four games, they needed the, the running game to get started. And it wasn't like there were gaping holes open for the running back that they just weren't seeing. They've just been getting hit in the backfield because the offensive line is getting beat at the point of attack. 
And again, that's not the only thing. On offense, you still got receivers dropping the ball at will. It is it is ridiculous. We, we don't know what's going on there. And then on defense, you got a group that either A, they let a person want, run wide open deep down the field for an easy touchdown, or B, that a person is left in single coverage, and that person can't handle the person that's across for them because they're either too small, too slow, or you know one of those things. And you look at that and you say, okay, well, how do you find all the ways to work around those issues? And I don't know. Now, granted, I'm not a coach, and that's not my job to necessarily know how they're going to do it. But these problems haven't improved for Pitt. I think that's the problem. When you see a coach, you want to see steady improvement. You want to see something worked on. Like, perfect example, in 2016 for the Steelers, you saw the defense struggle, struggle mightily. And then at the halfway point, you saw a big turn for the defense because it started to figure out what it was good at. A lot of what it was good at was depending on Ryan Chazier and using him in different ways. You've seen years where the offensive uh, offensive line wasn't performing as well, and they found ways to make it work. I mean, heck, you've seen years for Pitt where you've seen the quarterback situation go from something you can't rely on to something that might be the more, one of the more reliable points of the team. But right now, the only part that's reliable about Pitt is stopping the run, which they're still the best at the ACC at, and rushing the passer, which they're also still the best in the ACC at. But that's it. Even when Kenny Pickett was healthy and in the game, also Pat Narduzzi said Kenny Pickett was... Uh, it didn't sound good for Kenny Pickett coming back to Florida, for Florida State next week. I'll say that much. I'll be there in Tallahassee. We've already handled that. I probably will be the only Pittsburgh person there covering the game. Um, but it doesn't sound like Kenny Pickett will be there too, which means Joey Yellen will probably get the, the start. And But then, again, when you look at the defense, all the big plays they give up, the inconsistencies, you look around and you say, "What's what's the answer here, man? Where does where does this where does this all stop?" And the the way Narduzzi responded to questions when, you know, when when asked about you know the struggles that they have, he I don't want to just say he was giving excuses, but they sure sounded like them. He talked about how the team. He talked about on Friday how the team has played seven straight games and nobody, uh, only five other teams in the Power Five conferences as a whole has has played that. No other ACC team has gone through as, as grueling a schedule as Pitt is, and his guys were tired, and that's that was his main concern going into that game. And to be fair, he did say before that, like the weekly into that, he took he took it lighter on his guys because he realized how beat up they were. But I'm sorry, that's an excuse. You knew what your schedule was coming into this year. And all it'd be different if all during the offseason and all during training camp and at the start of the season, we weren't hearing the the stories of, hey, guess what? We got a whole bunch of seniors. We got a whole bunch of guys who are captains but who are not officially captains. And this was the year that was, you were supposed to see the culture that Narduzzi's been building come to fruition for everyone to see. It's been worth it. And what he's doing is working. And early on, it looked like that might be the case. They beat Louisville when they were ranked. 
but we've seen this team unravel. One point loss to NC State. One point loss to Boston College, who put up a really good fight against Clemson uh, on Saturday, by the way. Then losing by 12 to Miami, and then get utterly embarrassed and humiliated by Notre Dame by 42 points, six touchdowns at Heinz Field at the first time that you get to see fans this season. The first time you're not just on the ACC network. That's rough. And to me, these problems, these aren't things that you can just shake off and be like, all right, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. No, these are things that you got to take time to address. And maybe they did during this this, this bye week. But if we don't see that change, I do think it's legitimate legitimate to ask the question, what needs to be done? Because I'm not, I won't say, you know, go out and say fire our doozy. I will say that he should be on a hot seat. Heather Like should be like, pull him in and be like, yo, uh, you better figure this out sooner rather than later. But there's a lot of things going on with Pitt that is always disappointing for fans. And I get that. I get that. It's It's rough. You've had your heart ripped out time and time again. But I look at the way that Narduzzi is addressing things, and I'm a little skeptical because he talks about how good Notre Dame is and how how Pitt didn't get to or or, or had to you know Pitt had to you know take care of people and how COVID is this and how you know all, all the things. I'm I'm not trying to hear it. I'm not trying to I'm not I'm not trying to make light of Pitt's situation, but these are the problems that are on the field are visible. They've been noted for, for weeks now, and we haven't seen improvement on them. And that's the bottom line. If we if we continue to pretend like we don't see what's going on here, and and, and I know you don't. I, I I read the comments section on DKPittsburghSports.com. I check Twitter and all the comments that you guys that leave. I agree that there something needs to happen. Change needs to happen. I just don't know if it's it's Pat Narduzzi getting fired just yet, but there needs to be a message to him from Heather like someone at the university that says, "Hey Buster, you better get this right." And if that means you got to get rid of Mark Whipple, then you got to get rid of Mark Whipple. If that means maybe you need to change how you go after your defensive backs and prioritize in the game, do that too. But the time for excuses is over. The time for for starting to put out some of these fires that exist on the roster that continue to produce problems for Pitt, that's next week against Florida State. And if we don't see a turnaround here, if Narduzzi finishes this season with three or four wins, who I think I think that will spark the, that that should raise the, the the red alarm. And I think also three or four wins right now, very possible with this schedule. Don't trust nothing. <sighs> well, got that off my shoulders. We got to take a quick break here. We come back. I'm going to go over some other things going on in college football right now. 
just so we can kind of get our minds off uh, off pit and you know worry about worry about some but worry about everything everyone else's stuff going on. We'll get into that right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back here on the DKH2P podcast. Let's talk about another big game that happened on Saturday. Now, if you want to hear about Penn State, go to the Penn State podcast. That's hosted by Jared Pruger. He's actually at Happy Valley for that game. So uh, you'll hear all his takes on that game and how that how that how that built off with Ohio State. But I want to talk to you guys about what happened with Clemson and Boston College. And not just the game itself but where the ACC is right now. Because next week is going to be huge. But Trevor Lawrence, of course, tested positive for COVID-19 late this week, which which meant he could not play in this game. That forced Clemson to give up or to not use the best player in college football that a a lot of people think. The guy was going to be surely the first overall pick this year. And they went for DJ... Excuse me, I pronounced this wrong. Ua Jalele. I think I got that right. Um, but he came in at quarterback, and Boston College had a chance. And Pittsburgh's own Phil Djokovic, he put up two touchdowns. He had 204 yards. But you saw in this game, you saw Clemson come to life and prove where they're able to overcome being, you know, having a game where things went wrong. And that to me was a big sign of where this where where they're at and why they're at the top of the of the food chain and why I also think they're about to give Notre Dame a lot of problems next week. Now, I think Notre Dame has done a very good job stopping the run, being a solid defense, developing a balanced offense and forcing you to respect all parts of the field. That's why they demolished Pitt. But in the ACC, now that they're in the ACC for this year, in the ACC, them and Clemson are the two obvious top dogs. Miami's got talent, but I just don't see them putting it together this year. And who knows if you know th- this could end up just being the precursor to both teams playing each other in the ACC championship game because remember there's no divisions this year so whoever gets the top two uh, the top two spots in the, in the at the end of the season in the conference they play each other for the ACC championship and most likely that winner will go to the college football playoff which is happening by the way how it'll happen I'm still working on that. <laughs> But Clemson took a shot in the mouth. They took several shots in the mouth from Boston College. Early on, Boston College walks down the field, scores quickly. Clemson responds with a score of their own, but then Boston College scored right back. And I have to admit, I was very impressed. And this made me feel a little, I wouldn't say 
better about Pitt's loss to Boston College, but feel like okay, these guys aren't some bums that that that, that just happened to whoop on Pitt. And I knew that when they went when they beat him, I knew the Boston College wasn't bums, but it made me feel like okay, we can we can at least look at this team a little bit differently because Clemson's defense is for real. They bring it, and you see some athletes all around the field. They've got Balen Specter. They've got Joseph Charleston. Uh, watch out for that that Brian Breesy guy. Edge rusher, the defensive lineman. They just put him down and he just finds ways to beat people all over the field. But the way um but the way that Clemson has been able to find answers even when missing its best player and when disaster strikes. That's the other thing that really hit me here was that it wasn't just like, you know, Boston College got one or two plays early on. They drove down the field. Jacobitz throws a touchdown. They get a touchdown run. And then just when Clemson looks like they're about to respond, Boston College forced a fumble, returned it 97 yards, got a touchdown. It was 21-7. And then they held Clemson to a field goal, and then the response from that was a long drive that took re- re- the rest of the second quarter down, and Boston College was up 28-10 to with a minute two left in the second quarter. And yet, somehow, Clemson comes back out, puts it all together, shuts out Boston College for the rest of the game, puts up three more touchdowns, and they come out of this game on top. And now, this is what this is what a complete team does. This is why, and I'm not I'm not saying this to say that this isn't a dig at Pitt, but this is an acknowledgement of where of where you can see strengths of other teams and how they're playing and how they're overcoming their adversity compared to what Pitt's gone through. And this isn't again. I'm not saying Pitt should be Clemson right now. I do think Pitt should be better than Boston College right now. But we're going to see a lot this next week. Notre Dame, they beat Georgia Tech like they're supposed to. But then also, Notre Dame's going to go up against Clemson this next next week. We'll see if Trevor Lawrence is back for that. I'm not sure if he can be. Um, But we will find out. No, he won't be. I'm sorry. I spoke too soon there. He won't be available because of the COVID-19 protocol. So they'll be out without Trevor Lawrence. If Notre Dame can't beat Clemson in that situation, I'm telling you right now the only hope to stop Clemson is if Florida or Alabama or one of them teams from down south comes comes up big in the playoffs. But if Notre Dame's able to establish a balanced team, a balanced offense, and get their defense going, I think that they could put up a really good fight with Clemson especially with Trevor Lawrence out. When Lawrence is in, I think it's a lot shakier. But either way, one thing that I think is kind of cool that doesn't necessarily involve Pitt at the moment, but maybe if Pitt can get its stuff together in the next few years, is that we are seeing the ACC continue to assert its strength in the country because for a long time it was just the SEC. For a long time, it was just Alabama and whoever, LSU and whoever came up out of there. 
And yeah, Clemson is the big representation of the of, of the ACC, but we've also seen Florida State have success. We saw Miami make a press a, a push a few years ago before Clemson reminded them that they're the top dogs in the conference. We've also seen um we've all, we've also seen, you know, other teams play well for the conference and show up in big bowl games. What I'm interested to see is if Notre Dame can act can finish out this season, even if they don't beat Clemson once, if they play if they play Clemson twice twice and lose twice, that that'll probably put the put them out of the the playoffs consideration. But it would put them in probably in a big New Year's bowl, New Year's Day bowl game or whatever the bowl the day of the bowl games will be with this year because everything's weird. But it would probably put them in a situation to show it's like, hey, the ACC still some bad dudes. And maybe, and I wouldn't say the best conference in football, but they are, but they, but they can push for that. And I think play, you know, that that establishment could be good for Pitt in the long run, if they continue to play in a tough conference, and then if Pitt can get its stuff together and have a year where they pull off some of those upsets, and they're more consistent at least at some parts of football that help them win games, that will put them on the map. Because we always talk about. Oh, it's the stadium, and oh, they, they need to have a stadium on campus, and all these other things that, that'll attract students. No, what will attract better recruits is beating the big dogs when you get the chance, and showing and showing up. And when you may beat a person who a team who's actually a big dog, but if if they don't got the rep, if they if they're not being recognized by a lot of people as, hey, they were, they were some of the baddest dudes in the country. That's really impressive. People aren't going to care as much. But if the ACC continues to win, continues to look good, I think that that's the, that's the ticket for if Pitt can pull off some upsets in the next few years. I don't think they're pulling off any more upsets this year. They they upset Louisville. I think, I think you could technically call that an upset. And that that's been it. I think that they they have to beat Georgia Tech. They have to beat Florida State. If they don't, that's uh, I've said it before on this show. That's when you look look at Narduzzi and you're like, eh, I don't know, man. But I like the idea of maybe Notre Dame taking Clemson this time, and then Clemson beating Notre Dame in the championship game, in the ACC championship game, because they may be. People and if Notre Dame wins out the rest of the way, maybe they look the, the 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 college football playoff committee. They look at it and they say, you know what, that team only lost to Clemson once, and Clemson's the best team in the country. Maybe we give them a shot. And then if you have two ACC teams in the college football playoff tournament, that could be something cool to watch. And again, raise the profile of the conference, get more attention. To, to your guys and maybe down the line even if whether it's with Narduzzi or not if they can get some of those big upsets on a big game against a, a major opponent and everyone's talking about the ACC the way people talk about the SEC maybe that's something that can help turn the tide and get Pitt going in the right direction because ultimately that's all we can really hope for right now is something helping change the culture, the understanding of, and the outlook of the Pitt program. So tune in next week for Clemson-Notre Dame. It's going to be a doozy, 
no Trevor Lawrence. But I think it's going to be a very telling game. And uh, I think if Notre Dame wins, it could be really positive for the ACC moving forward. That's our show here on the DKH2P Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. As always, please subscribe to our podcast network. We've got DK's Jelly Shot, the DK Steelers Podcast, all the things going on here. Noah's No Doubters, Down Memory Lane, all the great shows here. Rate us five stars. Leave us a positive comment. Also, subscribe to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, all the places where podcasts are hosted. Thanks so much for listening. Be back in your ears next week with the DKH2P Podcast.